Hello and welcome to the Extreme Cinema Podcast. I'm Alexander Sternberg and with me as ever is Dom Loach. How you been, Dom? Hello, I'm good. How are you, Sternberg? <laughs> I am alright. I mean, I did watch Martyrs yesterday for this because, uh, <laughs> as you know, I think that's been on my watch list for like seven, eight years now or whatever. Um, it has been a long time and I've not looked at Letterboxd so I don't know what you think going into this oh, so I have no idea what's about to happen ex- like. excellent yeah <laughs> uh, well I was just pacing up and down my house for half an hour after it <laughs> but we are not just talking about martyrs this episode are we no no we're doing a whole new concept for us a special on French New Extremity films. Da, 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 da. That's the th- <laughs> that's the Extreme Cinema Podcast special theme tune that I've just done now. Yeah, Should only be on say French Extremity, and then you sing a theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we were deciding what film to do, and I, I mean, I think we probably would have gone with Irreversible if we were just doing one or a Gaspar Noé. Yeah, but yeah. We we're just like, well, we're just going to talk about the New Extremity movement a lot. So why don't we just do a special? kind of going over the whole movement and what we think of certain films and you know the movement in general so yeah. well yeah welcome well, uh i guess we will we'll do much much less spoilers um in this yeah than normal a lot of this will be a uh, quick overviews of many many films that we've seen in this but i guess this uh, entire yes. podcast is based on new French extremity when it comes down to it, so it made so much sense to just go into it. Completely. And Dom, like the good historians we are, we're gonna start with a definition. Oh my lord. <laughs> In this essay, we will. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it turns out that French new extremity, it was initially a pejorative. It was initially you know, a means of attacking these films. And it was coined by uh-huh. James Quant in his essay, Flesh and Blood, Sex and Violence in Recent French Cinema. And he was fucking outraged that French <laughs> cinema had become so transgressive and shocking. Um, he called it the last gasp of Gallic uh, libertinism. He compared it to right-wing anarchism in the 50s which is nothing to do with like actual real anarchism and he said these films were just sort of shock tactics and now that term when you look at the movement in retrospect it's used as a pretty neutral descriptor for it but at the time these things were controversial and quant who seems to be of the school of thought that the only good director to ever exist was robert bresson which I think we can all agree is uh, not entirely inaccurate, Um, was just insulted that French national cinema had become um, so full of this and his paper's rubbish. Oh, I've not actually read the paper. Is it it just terrible? I mean, it's a very, very well-written essay, but, I mean, history has proven him just entirely wrong. Um, Completely wrong, yeah. And there there are defenders as well. Um, a lot of people who realized what the movement was doing, which was to kind of juxtapose, uh, oftentimes, but not always, as I want to talk about, because there are very, you know, these films are really diverse and it's a very, very loose movement. But um, they were trying to juxtapose the kind of, a lot of French new wave aesthetic, um, a lot of kind of European festival circuit film aesthetic with a lot of American exploitation and body horror 
um, and trying to fuse these together in sort of a very postmodern, there is no high art, there is no low art, you know, we are doing, we're doing whatever we want to do, which is really, I think, when it comes down to it, because some of these films aren't great, but this is what I like about the movement. It's a, I mean, it's it's a very hard movement to define a lot of the time, where you just know when you're seeing one of them, obviously with, like, the, it was made in France. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, you say people keep, <laughs> it, it, people keep putting Man Bites Dog on these lists. That's a film from Belgium. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like new French extremity film from Belgium. So it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a hard thing to, and it's when you read lists about it and everything, so many of these films are wildly different. Some of them are just absolute shock, horror, horrible things. And some of them are absolute works of art. Yep. And it's so weird, a movement. But I think I think it's if we compare it to uh, the French New Wave, uh, Les Nouvelles Vagues, um, you know, those were a lot of directors who knew each other personally and yeah. were trying to do very similar things in terms of breaking up the hegemony of like the classic French film style. And they also came, which is what made that movement controversial. Anything in France that is influenced by America seems incredibly controversial because they were also influenced by, like, <laughs> American 50s films. Uh, Goddard was a big Howard Hawks fan, for example. Um, yeah, yeah. So you have that, and then this is much looser because there seems to be... there. Are, I mean, there are more than two types, and these things, they're not just horror films. They... They're trying to, I said, break down the barriers between sort of horror exploitation and kind of European art house cinema. But there's also yeah. in some cases we'll get into, they're also trying to break down pornography and European art house yeah. cinema as well. But there seems to be, I think, on the horror front more than the kind of sexualized romance front. I think there, there are two kind of categories which are, and some fit in between. It's not a binary system. There are some films like your kind of your Gaspar Noé, your Martyrs, um, your yeah, Trouble yeah. Every Days, which are going. You know, these are not going for the popcorn thrills. They're they're trying to be fucking shocking. They're trying to like absolutely shake you. They are not meant to be. Maybe not Trouble Every Day, but certainly Irreversible. I mean, they're not meant to be enjoyable in the traditional sense. But then you've got um, films like. Uh, Switchblade Romance, which if you're American, it's uh-huh. called High Tension. Um, High Tension, yeah. Yeah. And I watched a film recently for this called Livid, which I think is just about after the French New Extremities. But um, they're going for like popcorn thrills. They're really fucking gory films. They are like a, ba- like a push up from your kind of standard slasher. But they're going for, you know, a lot of teenage audiences, I feel. Livid... Um, I want to make the comparison in that to The Descent, in that The Descent was just a really, really good British horror film. And this is just a really good uh, French horror film. There wasn't much sort of to say about it in that they constructed a very good horror film. I've not actually seen Livid, but... It's a rare-ass Blu-ray, let me tell you. Someone didn't yeah, know what they were selling imagine. me on eBay. Oh my lord, a lot of these films are really hard to get a hold of as well, if it's not no way. <laughs> like... Basically, um... I think as well, it would be good to do a timeline just before we get into these, because um, uh, Carne, which is no way short film, is um, considered the first new extremity film in 91. However, 
arguably, and I think this is what I would take to, I Stand Alone, which was his first feature, which is 98, because there isn't really much in between that. Um, no, no. Would be the first New Extremity film. And then some people think the movement's still going and clout Julia de Cornau in it, which I, I think we'll talk about her at the end because she's very influenced uh-huh. by it. But I want to put the end of the movement in 2008. I think... Enter the Void and Martyrs mark the end of the movement. Especially Enter the Void is oh, when you right. see okay. a less, less orthodox New Extremity film. And then Gaspar Noé went on to love after that, you know? Like, it's... Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the end of it. You and that film's think, very different. Do you, not, do you not think Climax comes back around to it? Or do you think that's something completely different again? Oh, no, well, it's definitely a New Extremity film, but I think he's, like, hearkening back to that time intentionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because... So it's I, him hacking back, yeah. I wouldn't count... I mean, I've seen people tell call High Life, um, because it is Claire Denny, but it is yeah. English language. Um, I, I just... The movement... It, I can't see it being like, oh, and it's continuing. You know, any time someone makes a French film, or is a French director, I guess, and makes a film that's a bit shocking, I don't think it makes sense to call it a French New Extremity film. Whereas in this 10-year period... There were just so many um, French films that were on the film festival circuit that were really transgressive. And it is a loose movement. It wasn't like they all sat in a room and said, let's do this. And Quant is not wrong for pointing this out. I don't think he's right about <laughs> calling it out. But um, I kind of, to me, that's what that movement was. It was 98 to about 2008. And you know, directors like Noé, like Denny, Alexander Aja, uh, Ozan, uh, Bri- Catherine Brillette. Uh, uh, also, I'm so sorry if I'm going to pronounce anyone's name wrong in this episode. Um, you know, they were just doing these very transgressive films all at once. And they turned out to be some of the most notable new and newish directors at the time. Okay, so I guess now we're going to get into some of our favorite films and films we want to talk about. And I think... We'll start with Gaspar Noé and what is my favourite from him and my favourite film from this movement. And it's also probably the most horrific, unfortunately, is Irreversible. Oh, the best place to start. <laughs> I mean, I could talk because about film... Irreversible all fucking day, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work of genius. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because it starts out, yeah, yeah, I think it, I was just agreeing with you that I also think it's a work of genius. I, the way it starts out, you know, with the spinning and the, the it's the sound like, vroom, vroom, yeah, vroom, that keeps going. I honestly, when I first watched it, and it, I watched, I had, I bought, I had a DVD copy back then of it, um, which was really low quality even for a DVD, uh, and I just thought I have to turn this film off. It's making me feel sick, legitimately, and I'm so, so glad I didn't. Um, yeah, and the yeah the reverse the storytelling of doing it backwards, which anyone thinks about Memento primarily when you talk about telling a film story backwards, it works so well as an anti revenge narrative. Seeing the revenge first, uh, similar to another film we'll talk about, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, and the kind of latter third of the film just being a relationship drama after the really intense exploitation of the first act is it's it's actually much more of a gut punch that way and no way recently recut it 
in order and on the Blu-ray is the straight cut of it. And I could never imagine watching that in a life. I don't even see that as like an interesting experiment. I, I just, I see that as no. probably ruining the film. I did actually know it done that. That took away everything <laughs> from the movie. Like, he must know. He, I'm sure he knows, and that was yeah, important. They yeah. literally played it at the BFI South Bank when they did their new Extremity season last year, and I just thought, why Why would I go and see this? I mean, obviously, Gaspar Noe, absolute fucking madman genius. Love Noe. And Irreversible is is magnum opus, would you say? <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think anything he's made could be called a magnum opus. It's, yeah. it's his best film. Um, it's incredibly, I mean, it's so well directed. I don't just mean the spinning and, um, the narrative construction. I mean, Noé is brilliant with actors and he doesn't get that much credit for it. Vincent Castell is so fucking good in this film and so is Monica Bellucci. Um, I hope it's Monica Bellucci and I haven't just <laughs> done a whole brain Yeah, yeah, thing, I believe but, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um... It's so good. I mean, my favorite sequence in it from a visual standpoint is the party sequence where it take, goes on for about 10 minutes and in the middle of it, uh, he accidentally says, my name is Vincent. And then the, oh, yeah, the other person goes, that. really? He goes, no, 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 it's not. And they <laughs> left that in, which is hilarious. I mean, I caught that instantly. I was like, that's a mistake, surely. But yeah, these but... long takes, we all know how hard they are. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you can imagine Noah just been like, roll with it. It's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. And... um. I mean, it's a tough film to recommend, as we'll say at the end of every single one of these. Yeah. It's a tough film to recommend. Um, but in terms of um, the, you know, saying this fusion of French art house, you know, aesthetic with, I mean, exploitation. This is a rape revenge film. It's told backwards to deconstruct a narrative, but... It's obviously influenced by I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left. Yeah. Um, it's a prime example of this genre, I think. And then, you know, Noe's next feature, which was Enter the Void, which I think we'll talk about towards the end. Uh-huh. That's a real... Even though the directing is very similar, um, it's it's a whole different way of taking what this movement stands for, basically, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's a fantastic movie on top of that like it's i know like you said every one of these is a hard watch it's got some horrible moments in it i mean if you just look up french new extremity it it talks about overarching themes and it's like rape and violence and sexual violence is always a theme which is something that's always impossibly hard to recommend and everybody knows Everybody who's not watched Irreversible knows what happens. Knows the scene. It, like, yeah, I uh, the first time I watched this one, I just fast forwarded through it through through uh, that scene. I was like, I just don't want to see this. Like, just yeah. flat out. I, I re- yeah, it, I remember you telling me yeah, and I did not fast forward through it, and I was like, I I should stop. Like, I can't I can't do this anymore. But actually, didn't fast forward you, through it. If you want to be in a really fucking bad mood. This is is a film for you. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I I really I think it is is genius. Um and I think it's uh no ways okay, no now he's done Vortex. Um uh-huh. which I guess when we're talking about post French New Extremity we'll talk about Vortex. But Noe has gone on just to get some, you know, very serious legitimacy. Um 
climax got a ton of critical acclaim, even though it is a horror film. And he said in the in a Q and A I went to with him that it's because this one has likable characters. But I think he was joking because everyone yeah. in climax is awful. <laughs> Everybody's is horrible in um, climax. You know, he's gone on onto this work, but he started with this, you know, very transgressive film. And this is his second film. I Stand Alone, which I've not seen, is his first film. Uh, and that is meant to be very, very similar in tone to Irreversible. Yeah, it, it even st- starts or ends. I forget yep. where it starts with the guy from I Stand Alone, Irreversible. Yep, it does. Um, I mean, visually, visually, Noe is a genius. And I've said this before, but like, if he was to be making like, costume dramas like if he was to do a jane austen adaptation he'd be like the most revered director ever you know like if he was making normal films but oh, yeah. he's not he's if making he's, his films and i love that obviously he's just too insane to, <laughs> to ever be properly like put up on a pedestal his music videos are really good as well by the way for people yes, listening, go yes, check out his music yeah. videos and i guess to counter that um we're going to talk about Alexander Aja, Switchblade Romance, who went on. I mean, he went just to Hollywood after he did the uh, yeah, Hills yeah. Have Eyes remake. Hills Have Eyes, yeah. Um, because um, this to me is just like, it is also considered French New Extremity. No, it is also French New Extremity. It just, is, there's yeah. No, no, yeah, but it's like a popcorn thriller. It's like a home invasion film. Um, it's just very gory. Um, Roger Ebert famously said it has a plot hole big enough to drive a large truck through it. <laughs> yeah. Which is entirely true. Uh, you know, like, I'm never... I like this film because it is a good, well-made horror film. Um, you know, as as French New Extremities, it is a cut above an American horror film of a similar ilk. Um, but I, I always just found this like, yeah, cool, it's a home invasion film. Uh, there's obviously kind of the LGBT reading of it, um because the two main characters are gay and you can interpret the twist in a number of ways. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's really enough to say, oh, it's actually a really smart film. I just think it's a pretty solid horror film. Yeah. And I think it, like we're saying, harkens back to what I was saying at the beginning where this and Irreversible accounted as the same genre under the same umbrella of French New Extreme. It is insane to think about. Yeah. It, it really is the guy that did the hills of eyes remake like it's so like but it is true that these directors were just these two films are fairly shocking and they did come out at roughly a similar time yeah so, i mean if if it was just these two films no one would link them at all but because we got a bunch more to go through um you know it, yeah i get it it's and obviously high tension switchblade it's incredibly violent as well <laughs> it's not just a a home invasion popcorn, it is incredibly violent. So it does have that going for it, I guess. It's very silly. Like, yeah, yeah. I was really not, because I watched it as a new extremity film, I was just not expecting it. The The best thing about the film, I mean, okay, no, it's not the best thing, I do like the film, but like, Newborn by Muse, twice. <laughs> yes, twice. I it? was like, when it played once and they're in the car, I was like, hell yeah. And then it played a second time and I was like... Fucking hell, I'm just upping my rating of this yeah. film based on the fact Newborn by Muse has played Muse twice. in my French extremity? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Muse were weirdly popular in France. Well, not weirdly, they're excellent. And they go, well, can yeah, see why yeah. they're popular in France. But French caught on to them early. Yeah, they did, yeah. They love Muse. And going from that, I really want to hear you talk about Martyrs now then. <laughs> I really want to hear you talk about it. 
I think I, I want to do Martyrs at the end, if okay. that's okay, because I have, yeah, like, yeah. wrapping up points to make about it. Oh, um, dear, fair enough. What have you got next, then? Next up, just to, you know, reinforce how different the next one is, it's um, Claire Denny's Trouble Every Day. And a couple points I want to make on this film on the on the first. First of all, is like Quant, in his essay, is really angry at Denny's for making this film, because he's <laughs> like, she's a talented director and did Vuo Travil. Um, and I don't know if that's because... Claire Dennis is a woman. I actually kind of assume so, frankly. That is unintentionally probably why he's mad at Claire Dennis for daring to make a horror film. Um, but this one kind of did disappoint me when I saw it. Um, there's another, I've been thinking a lot recently about the way film has changed in terms of the general film culture since I started getting into film sort of 12-ish years ago. And 12-ish years ago, Trouble Every Day was by a mile Denny's most known film. Now Bureau Travil has had, like, a massive resurgence online. So now it would 100% be that. I mean, that's in the sight and sound top 100 now, for yeah, God's yeah. sakes. But back then, Trouble Every Day was a very infamous film. Vincent Gallo, crazy man, very good actor, very good in this. But I, I really did find this film kind of empty. I mean, I love the the whole vampire stuff in it, but I didn't, I don't really find it to be much to this film. I was incredibly disappointed by it. Oh, and, really? you know, I have notes in front of me, but even just thinking about it, I'm like, I would not remember much about this film. I was really hyped to watch it. And I don't, I do think it's really well made, but it's a artsy French vampire film. I really, <laughs> some people adore this film. So they're going to be people listening, being like, what the hell is he on about? Like, but I, I didn't really like this film that much. All right. I've not seen it as well, so I can't add a great deal. Um, is it just kind of artsy French stuff and not a great deal to it? Is that what you were the main point um, around it? Artsy is the wrong word because I really actually, I'm using that, but I don't like using that as yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. of word because it's not a good descriptor. It's a very slow film that is very uh, there's a lot of themes don't have much purpose to it it meanders a lot and i don't think it's interesting enough to meander as much as it did and i uh, really it just doesn't stick in my head at all and i didn't watch this that long ago like maybe a year ago and i'm 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 still like i it's <laughs> it's not that Good. I we, you have to watch it if you're a Claire Denny's fan, like you do. Like uh -huh. it's not, it's not poorly made. It's very well directed. Denny's is a amazing director. I think High Life though, um, that really sticks in my head a lot more than this does. Yeah. So I've had to, I've seen High Life. I've not seen this one, and High Life was pretty damn good. Like I watched it at the start of COVID because it went on to movie, I believe, <laughs> and that was a decent film. At it didn't strike me as like anything like extreme or anything really though Com it made me feel really dirty yeah it's that kind of movie isn't it? yeah where you don't in your initial thought it doesn't come out as like a french extreme movie or extreme in any way really but it makes you feel a bit weird and a bit dirty like a lot of these movies do so i get where it could not come under that why people would see it as that yeah, I mean, this is just people clutching at straws to be like, no, 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 the movement's still going when it's yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, 
the the biggest comparison between High Life is fairly obvious. I'm sure Claire Denny would not deny it. Is is Solaris? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. the bits in the film where it's just Robert Pattinson and um, the child on the spaceship. Yeah, that's absolutely Solaris, which obviously nowhere near <laughs> French Extreme. So. Exactly, but yeah, again, these these films, like I've said a few times now, it's part exploitation, part horror, and part just everything. And I love, I love, I love, I love what, you know, Tarantino did this um, yeah, yeah. in the 90s, just taking all these different sources. Like, Pulp Fiction was as much inspired by gangster B-movies as it was by Goddard. And I love this about the movement so much. Well, you were, you're talking about horror mixing with everything in going to talk about a genuinely in my opinion terrifying new wave is inside which you've not seen oh yeah go because i've not seen this and i really want to it is a horrifying movie it has so much good stuff in there it's brutal one of the most brutal films i've seen uh, in the way it's and it's different because it's just two women going at each other for like an entire movie and it just it feels so visceral. You're just watching two women cut each other up, basically. It's oh, such Jesus a, Christ. Yeah, yeah. It is. But it's a good movie as well. And genuinely, like, the way the plot goes around it all, it makes it genuinely terrifying. I don't want to ruin it for you, because you should definitely see it. It's a decent movie. But it is... Where does it fit in in terms of, like, intent, in terms of Irreversible being at one end for the intent is not to have a good time and, oh, you know, it's... high tension switchblade romance at the other end where it's a, you know, get the popcorn out kind of film. It's up there with Irreversible. Like, oh my it, God. It does not want you to have a good time at all. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I guess you were talking about with high tension, like inside is also a um, home invasion film. So it's literally the opposite end of home invasion films, though. Like, I'd say influenced by Straw Dogs, maybe, almost. Like it's Oh, my God. Like, yeah, but obviously not the, um, no, like, sexual violence or anything. And inside, just full-on brutal violence instead. It's very up there. <laughs> well, that's really interesting, because I watched Livid from the same directors, Alexander uh, Bashilo yes. yeah, and yeah. Uh, Julian Murray. And like I said before, I was just like, this is just a solid French horror film. It's also a home invasion film. Um, and it's really well paced. It's um, the main woman's really good as an actor. Uh, some of the acting in it is not good, but some of it, she's good. And you just, I don't like, one, I think the top letterbox review of that film is like, I understood 60% of this film, which is true. <laughs> like the vampire mythology is very poorly told but like as a home invasion film because they break into this this big mansion and then it turns out it's owned by a vampire and uh antics ensue kind of, you know a reverse home invasion film almost that they're now the ones being hunted um and it's just like it's it's thrills it's 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 a lot of thrills it's really effectively creepy and well directed at points. Uh, the cinematography is bloody good. I was not expecting yeah, it when yeah. I booted up the film, um, and I saw the first shot. I was like, "Oh, I was not expecting this to be as well shot as it is." Um, there's really cool thing with um, with the eyes as a recurring motif. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but the main character has uh, it's heterochromia. Am I correct? Yeah, when it's when you two, have yeah two different eyes, yeah. 
and they use that really intelligently as like a, a motif through the film um i definitely recommend this this is down the the switchblade romance end of of the scale and i think if you're a just a general horror fan i think you'll just have a good time if you watch it you're just gonna have a fun time watching the film i don't know if there's much substance to chew on in it it's no big metaphor uh it's all deconstruction of film but i enjoy it but yeah it's 2010 and i kind of yeah as part of considering the film over these are the people who did inside and now they've taken um the gore from the genre but they have just used it to make a, a good french horror film i don't know how uh-huh. well how well this did outside of france it was a very hard blu-ray to get a hold of but, you <laughs> I know imagine, I, yeah. I loved it good film i liked it yeah there's also a, a psa when it comes to inside there is a terrible remake the year after that nobody should watch <laughs> just if anybody year goes after yeah the year after if anybody goes looking for it watch the 2007 one <laughs> yeah uh don't watch the american remake of martyrs i've not seen it but it's got like a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes or something and also why on earth would you ever do that why would you remake martyrs <laughs> i mean some of these films you just can't imagine them remaking in america like i don't <laughs> oh, yeah. i just don't see i mean not that they haven't they didn't try to oh yeah they, they retried it with a lot of uh the french extreme for some reason like it's very very weird. I mean, you said the influence did come a lot from America, but they just gave it to shitty, low-budget American directors and went, remake this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, we're going to go on to one of the most controversial of the movement, uh, because this one's generally hated, but I love it. or I really like it, actually. It's very flawed, which is um, Baise Moi, ah, which yes, yeah. is... A rape revenge film with no revenge and not much happens. It's 70 minutes. It's on a shot on like a digital video. It's fucking punk rock cinema. Um, whether or not you think it's feminist, it was very much intended by its uh, two female directors as feminist. I think that, you know, <laughs> that's up for the viewers yeah, really yeah. to decide. This film, we talk about breaking the boundaries between horror and sort of French national cinema in a more dramatic sense. This broke the boundaries between this and pornography. Uh, in Toronto, uh, no, not in Toronto, I believe, Ontario, sorry. Ontario, yeah. Um, they refused to release it because it's too pornographic, and then they said, okay, we'll release it as porn, and they said, no, you can't, it's too violent to be porn. <laughs> I think this is a fucking great film. I love, I love the absolutely terrible cinematography. It's so good. I think the two lead women are great. And it's basically two women having sex and killing people for the entire film. It is punk as all fuck. It looks it's literally great. It's really called enjoyable. Baze Moi. It's ridiculous. Like, I watched it last night for this. And I was like, if anybody walks in right now, I'm fucked. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> like, like I, I should not be watching this. But I did kind of enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of great. Yes, yeah, someone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I logged it on Letterboxd. So I was like, this is like a 2.3. Like, it's everybody hates it. But I mean, I give it a 6 out of 10. I didn't love it, but I thought it was quite good. <laughs> I'd give it a 7, but f- it's one of those ones where I'm like, you can't really give it more than a 7 because it is so poorly. Made. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, which I kind of like about it. That's a charm, but it's so good. Like, I really 
want to watch it again at some point um uh you know what the best shot in the film is which i always think about it's like i'm possibly one of my favorite shots of all time which one it's when it's of the sea it's towards the end and it looks like a kind of windows 95 screensaver because <laughs> it's so pixelated yeah, and, like, yeah. the camera is terrible it's weird like vaporware stuff almost in a weird pornographic movie it's so odd it's such an odd experience <laughs> to give it like the depth it's the use of actual real sex in it does make it so much more unnerving yeah, to yeah. what it it would be otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it is the thing that was kind of a, a big thing in French New Extremity as well, was the unsimulated sex. It was real. So it was. It, it definitely adds something to it that you don't get in other movies, where you can j- always just tell in other movies. You're like, oh whatever it doesn't add much this it's like it adds such an unnerving quality and the film is very unnerving like it's bad it's badly made and it's just weird experience at moments but it is incredibly unnerving killer soundtrack though oh yeah fantastic soundtrack as well yeah i gotta say like to people listening um this is probably in the middle between popcorn and have yeah. a terrible time at the cinema um it- I think if what we're saying sounds interesting to you and you're like, ooh, a lot of these um, French New Extremity films, are, these sound good, I would recommend. It is generally not liked. I mean, really hated by critics. I, there's an episode of Kermode and Mayo's show back when they were on the BBC when they're reading out correspondence for the worst film ever and someone says, Baise moi. Kermode's wow. defense is like, no, no, it's not. Um but this was hated by critics. It was not exactly liked by people. Um, it did get released in, in the UK. Um, cut, but it got released. But it did not get released in, like, many places. Not out of censorship, just out of it didn't get released. Yeah, yeah, it just did not get released. It's it's not an incredibly well-known film a lot of the time. I've never heard other people speak about it, really. <laughs> it's like... one of my weird ones. I'm just yeah. like, guys, guys, face moi. And they're like, what? <laughs> Everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? Don't go screaming that in France, by the way. <laughs> Not be good. <laughs> yeah, uh, most certainly don't. I was just about to say I watch it tonight, but I think I'm going to go see Godland tonight if I can make the showing of that. Oh, <laughs> but no. I, yeah, you're making me really want to rewatch this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a film people should see. Like, to create um, an opinion <laughs> that they have, like, if you like punk, if you like kind of punk cinema, yeah, yeah, you know this is this is where it's at. I mean, it's to compare it to, and I'm not even going to make the comparison to Jubilee. I think that would be incredibly <laughs> surface level. But like, um, it's no, it's like they don't give a fuck what's happening. They don't give a fuck about any kind of traditional narrative storytelling characters. It's just a watch a film and have a bit of fun with these two women just killing people. Yeah. That's... And it's re- it's poorly made yet really well done. Yeah, yeah, it's such an odd film, such a, such an odd film. So we've got Martyrs and we've got Enter the Void. Is there anything you want to talk about before we talk about those two? No, oh, let's go into it. Okie doke. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're in two thousand eight now, and I think this is these films very much mark the end. And Martyrs not only marked the end of French New Extremity. By really, really, really making a film about characters in a film kind of, you know, 
suffering for yeah, no reason yeah. whatsoever. Um, but more importantly, I think it was the end of the torture porn craze of the 2000s. Like this was the, not only you can't get much worse than this, but like this was the, this is fucked up. <laughs> we need to not do it. Um, so yeah, you wanted to know what I thought of Martyrs. Uh, yes, yes. I really liked it and it fucked me up so good and there was definitely a point at the start of the third act when i was like am i gonna make it through this film like i really found that so so troubling when the third act begins and i'm glad i made it through the end because the ending is outstanding oh, one of my um, favorite movie endings of all time honestly like it's incredible <laughs> it's it's really nihilistic but you know you know, I hate when people use nihilistic as synonymous with the films about nothing. It, yeah, because yeah. this is nihilistic, but it's nihilistic intentionally so. And I love the the narrative unfolding that similar to Irreversible, but Irreversible is literally told backwards. This starts out with the revenge. Yeah, yeah. And the revenge is shocking. And by the end of the film, everything you saw in the first act, you don't. It's it's irrelevant at this point. You know. Yeah, completely and utterly. And it's a horrifying movie. It cannot be understated how horrifying Martyrs is. It is horrible. Like, like nobody watched this. I'm serious. And like, <laughs> like Martyrs, really well-directed film. And he is very intentionally taking all the catharsis out of the violence. It's really bleak. The two lead actors are phenomenal. Their whole dynamic during the first half of the film is amazing. And then you have the kind of subtext of the first half of Survivor's Guilt, which I think is is very well done in, in a horror movie setting. And then the second half, it's already subverting, but then the second half really wants to subvert the idea of the torture horror film. You know, Saw and I think Hostel is really in its line of fire yeah, here in terms of... Yeah calling these films out yeah it's it's very funny when you go on like letterbox or stuff as well and it's similar movies hostile and saw and stuff like that and you're like not even close like <laughs> not even close the this movie is saying fuck you to all those movies it is so obvious and so in its line of sight it's such a hard movie to get through as well because we're doing less spoilers this time, I do not want to spoil what the point of the film is. Yeah, because it yeah. is really only revealed at the end. Um, you know, you have that whole monologue about martyrdom on it uh, in the middle. And you don't have to understand the end of... You don't have to see the end of the film to know that all of that is not what... You know, the no, villain no. is not is not correct <laughs> in this. Um, it's a really interesting ending... It's really nihilistic in an intelligent way. I, I'm i just thinking about it now because, I mean, I really did watch this yesterday. There is a point probably, let's say, about an hour to an hour 20 in the film where it's it's unwatchable. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And it's unwatchable with a purpose. I know which bits It is mean. unwatchable uh, with like... a purpose, but, like, I'm getting kind of upset even just thinking about it. Uh -huh. and, like, this is firmly at the irreversible end of the spectrum don't have a good time at the cinema because this kind of you know person something terrible happens to them they get revenge that's your exploitation film that's your your horror film that's your 
violent, fun, kill Bill kind of thing. It doesn't want anything to do with that. And Irreversible tackles similar themes, but this does it not having not reversing the narrative, and it still manages to just destroy the concept of a revenge movie. And that's just yeah, the yeah. first half of the film. Yeah, good to say that's only the first part as well. <laughs> um, I'm never watching it again. I'm never I, watching Martyrs again. Oh, I'm just well. a flat out no. Um, it's really good. Um, I really cannot recommend enough that you don't watch it. And it came out around the same time as a Serbian film. And I, I remember critics because Serbian film panned to death, much worse film. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, critics had to be like, this is not Serbian film. This has some very subtle points to make. I uh, And it does. Famously to you, fucking hate a Serbian film. <laughs> Whereas yeah, this I, I actually really like. I'm just very mid on it. I just yeah, can't yeah. be bothered to rewatch it. It's one of the reasons we've not done it. Because I'm just like, oh, well, I'm going to sit through that again. <laughs> exactly, <But> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's... It's a really good film. It's really firmly in the we don't want you to enjoy watching this at all. They again the BFI did a French New Extremity season last year and they played this. I could not imagine watching this in the cinema. No, I really God. Couldn't. I would not want to watch it in a cinema. Oh my lord. I was gonna go. <laughs> I was gonna go in the cinema. And I got on the tube and I was late and I was just like, I'm not making the first ten minutes of this film and I turn I turned back and I was just like Good choice, good choice. Yeah. Honestly, wow! I just I forgot about that. Um, you did just been sat like, there in your seat at the end, like what the fuck? I'm horrified. Like, so yeah, this is upsetting beyond belief. Probably almost as much as Irreversible, but Irreversible is definitely a, a, the better film. But this is still a good film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm never watching it again, and I would recommend ninety percent of the people listening to this podcast don't watch it. Yeah, and the others that would recommend should watch it. I probably already watched it. <laughs> That's the thing. I got to this film really late. Like, obviously yeah, this yeah, is a fairly, did, fairly yeah. big horror film. Um, and it's been one of those ones on my list for a while. Yeah, that was a, a Saturday afternoon that I'm never getting <laughs> back. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll end with a, not a cheery film, but easier to talk about than uh, End No, it's the definitely vibe. not a cheery Because, <laughs> yeah, this really is. Like, this is... Probably the last French New Extremity film, um, because this is also, it's taking a lot of what we were talking about, about um, breaking down the barrier between sort of pornography and art film. There is a lot of sex in this film. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's just, we've kind of really gone off the, we want you to have a terrible time. It's shocking, but it's not shocking in any kind of repulsive way. Yeah, that's uh, In my thing. opinion, it's a... Yeah, I I was just agreeing. It's it's definitely not as repulsive or horrific. I mean, it is horrific, but it's not as viscerally horrific. It's it's more the psychological concepts within this rather than the full on. Yes, it's it's irreversible. It's in your face. Somebody's getting abused, kind of thing. It's it's, it's beautifully directed. I mean, it's oh, point God, of view. Yes. It's point of view of a person who 20 minutes into the film dies. It's really not a spoiler. And then you see his spirit. It's psychedelic. The lighting is gorgeous. The soundtrack, you know, no way soundtracks lit. Always um, incredible. And then you're just watching his spirit sort of flash back through his life and then see 
um, you know, what's happened after he's died. It's so uniquely directed. Um, it was, back in the day, a very hard film to find. Now it's... Arrow have released it. I don't think you'd ever have a problem getting a hold of it now. But do you remember once, um, I think very shortly after we met, we were in Kex and we both saw the yes. um, Into the Void Blu-ray and just reached for it. But then it said like 27 pounds <laughs> it was on it or something. expensive, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> uh, back in the... Look, not for probably eight or nine years, but back in the day, Kex did not know what to do with rare films. They didn't properly price them. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it first opened and it was like, oh, they have no idea what this is. Like, This is unbelievable. <laughs> it has been a while since I watched Enterboid. It is too long. Yeah, it's I been watched a while the director's well. cut of it. And if I watched it again, I would probably watch the um, American theatrical because it, it definitely needed 20 minutes shaved off it. Um, it's a modern classic, I guess. It's not very deep. Um, I think no, most films no. other than Irreversible are fairly... Oh, and Vortex are fairly shallow, but um, it's in a good it's way. It's amazingly yeah. directed. It's u- visually unique. Yeah, greatest opening credit role of all time. <laughs> greatest opening credit role. It very well might be. Yeah. <sighs> oh, oh, I do love. I really love good opening credits. So I'm trying to think if anything off the top of my head can beat it. Probably in terms of me watching opening credits on YouTube, this is <laughs> going to be the one I've seen the most repeatedly. I'd love to see I've seen this in the cinema. Yeah, this is one. That's the thing. This is one you could easily see in the cinema. It. I, don't get me wrong. Still fucked up. Still got some incredibly awkward and weird scenes, especially the ending. Like It's very... It's a very sad film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't want... Yeah, I don't want to give the impression that it's not, but I just think... This is the end. It's using a lot of the tropes from the New Extremity movement, but it is not... I mean, I guess you would call this transgressive. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. um, it's not that 10-year period of real intensity. Uh, I think this was the last one to be made. Directors moved on to different things. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, no way. The next film he made was Love, which was panned at the time. I liked it. I convinced you to like I, it. Yeah, I went from hating it to loving it. It was ridiculous how much I changed on Love. Like, it's Love is... It's a very standard kind of love triangle film, but the, the non-linear storytelling makes it more powerful, and the acting's really good. Soundtrack, because it's No Way Film's good. Visually really good. I... I think it was very underappreciated. It was in 3D. I did not see it in 3D. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, <laughs> and No Way is trying to shock with the sex, but it's a very... If you're not offended by sex, which no sane adult really no, should be, no. um, there ain't anything in this to get angry about. It's a, it's a very good underappreciated r- romance drama I enjoyed it. Yeah, I probably will watch it again at it, some point. It's a no way film and all the sex is consensual. It's. A, <laughs> I, I think he loved that. And then Climax, <laughs> which was a return to his roots. And um, that's a really good film. Yeah, Great yeah. dancing. Love Climax. Uh, that's, that's horrendous, but it is more, it does lean more on the popcorn sensibility. Oh, a little definitely. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. And just fantastic uh, choreography as well. And then he did Vortex recently, which is just uh drama about a family drama about dealing with yeah. uh dementia and aging parents which i've Dario still not Argento seen so. is in it oh it's really it's really yeah. good the whole film is in split screen and not 
every single second of the film utilizes the split screen to do something interesting. However, it does it enough. Yeah, yeah. And the acting is phenomenal. It's really realistic. Um, I yeah, I I really highly recommend it to all. It's it's upsetting. Um, and I don't like people have been like, this is nothing like No Way's other films, which I don't agree with. But it's it's very different on a on a surface level on its subject matter. It's not exploitative at all it's not going for any of that it was billed kind of as his version of amour it's not as good as amour but like it's a it's a really good film uh, might be on my best films of the year video which is currently Ooh, in production man. on my youtube channel youtube.com dash alexander sternberg reviews um <laughs> but yeah we see where these directors have gone i mean alexander aja went to Hollywood, Hills of Eyes remake, did Mirrors, which I think had Kiefer Sutherland in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Um, people who did Base Moir have done, like, nothing else. Nothing they, else, I think they have, no. like, a documentary yeah. or something. Um, yeah, Martyrs, um, he he was going to remake Hellraiser at one point. He was, The dude yeah. who did Martyrs. That's gone now. It went to... Who's the one who did it in the end? Oh, Lord, I don't remember. Who <laughs> made a film in VHS. Oh, my God. Hellraiser 22. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to be so annoyed at myself. David Bruckner. David Bruckner. I'm so annoyed at myself. <laughs> These directors... Okay, some of them have faded. Some of them, Noe, Denny, yeah. um, have become very celebrated. Uh, someone like Catherine Bria has become very, very cult-like. I don't know if you'd call her celebrated at all. I've not seen no. any of her films, which is why we've not talked about them. Um, yeah. Quant's been completely disproven. Uh, it's looked on very fondly now, especially as the kind of 20-year-old emerging film critics of the time have now grown into their 40s and yeah, possibly yeah. 50s. And, you know, really flaying the torch for some of these very shocking films at the time. Uh, and Decor now is really carrying the torch. I mean, again, as I have been repeatedly saying, the movement is dead. Stop pretending Roar and Titan are <laughs> French New Extremity films, but they're heavily inspired by them. Oh, they utilize yeah. a lot of the aesthetics of it. And these are fucking genius films. I mean, God damn, they would be the best of the movement if they were oh. a part of the movement. Raw, I mean, oh my Decorno Lord. is a genius like, director. Like, Raw would be up there. I mean, Raw's up there in the best horror films, period. So it would be up yep. there in the greatest extremity if it was by Bye, yeah. Please listen to our episode on Raw if you've not already listened to it. Um, yeah. But like, Raw is a work of genius. So is Titan. Uh, honest to God, right? If Julie de Cornell keeps this up, she'll be one of my all-time, like, all-time favorite filmmakers. I mean, I can't even begin how genius it is. And as much as I love um, No Way and like a lot of uh, the Claire Denny stuff that I've seen and uh, talking about how visceral a lot of these films are raw and titan are actually on another level um in quality wise i think in terms of intelligent horror and especially with raw she's really fusing not just you know french national kind of art house cinema with american horror films which both of them are i mean cronenberg looms large over both those films yeah. but they are entertaining. They are not slow paced. They are they are really a film that can be watched by everyone. Like I took a friend to see Raw when it because it's the only film I've seen twice in the cinema on release, and 
he's not like a big film fan and he was like wow i've never been so like engaged in a movie yeah so like that's it's such that's like that's kind of like the top praise i can give a film when i can take someone who is not into film and they're just like i was glued to the entire the screen the entire time and it's a perfect final point to make on french extremity these are the films that are now being made that are influenced by it and have gone further and that's where the line kind of ends. I, I would I would say so. I mean, it's look, it's not that there aren't like underground directors oh, and the sure really scuzzy yeah, underground yeah. horror film scene that's, you know, probably can make something more shocking. But these were intelligent people. You know, I'm not saying every film is deep because I have said repeatedly <laughs> a lot of them are. A lot of them are. But yeah. these were intelligent people who had a, who knew what they wanted to make and they made them exactly how they wanted and they were transgressive but had ideas they were a lot of times a lot of these films are very well made some aren't so yeah i can't sum it up actually i'm trying now because as we <laughs> said at the start and we said repeatedly it's a very loose movement it's impossible you cannot sum it up in a succinct way and that is the most succinct i could get with it i just like yeah the fact that i have to be like they were directors and they made the movies they wanted <laughs> exactly, to make yeah. that's my summation if you want to feel terrible, go watch Irreversible. Yeah, yeah. Um, go watch Gaspar Noé's films if you think you'd be into it. I mean, I know people who consider him the worst director ever, so these films aren't, like, <laughs> without their controversy still. God, obviously, no, no. I highly recommend that. Highly recommend, obviously, Raw, which, yeah. is, as we said, it's not. Just, if any of what we've talked about sounds good to you, do it. And we've just scratched the surface of oh, these. We Lord, have just gone yeah, for the yeah. ones we wanted to talk about and that we've seen. There's so much in there. And we've only barely talked about a lot of these as well. So. Any more final thoughts? No, I think I got them all in there, to be honest. I have one, actually. Oh, go for it. I have one. Let's end Let's end on this um, oh. thing for our essay on Friendship <laughs> Extremities. Dom, was this even a movement? Oh, wow. Was it you? Yes. <laughs> but that's such a... That's such a... Going from this movement's impossible to define to was this even a movement? So maybe not. Like, it's so hard to... <laughs> like, it could have I just think... been... I mean, it came from somebody shitting on it for them to then put this into a movement. It's maybe not even a movement. Maybe it's just people being like, we're kind of making similar stuff that's not even that similar sometimes. <laughs> but aren't a lot of film movements like that, especially yeah. like new wave movements? Well, I mean, the French yeah. New Wave, they were all mates, so it's a a lot of them were, were mates, and a lot of them started out as film critics, and it's more. But like the British New Wave, for example, um, I mean, obviously, I disagree with Quant's assessment that this is an embarrassment to French culture. I mean, France has a hell of a history of transgressive art, or just right. a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, but he is—he was correct to point out that a bunch of French directors were making very transgressive films all at once. And I think when you're looking at it in retrospect, you can connect this into certainly you can point out the similarities. Uh, and I guess that is a movement yeah. in its own way. But like it's... we said a billion times, these uh, these films are wildly different. Yeah, I guess it's a movement because. People thought it was a movement. <laughs> That's all you can really say. <laughs> there are essays on it. They screen these as seasons in cinemas. Um, people talk about it as a movement. So I guess it is because yeah. reality does not exist. <laughs> and what a way to end. So thanks for listening. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to the first half of season two of the Extreme Cinema Podcast. We will be back for the second half of the season. Um, I would hold your breath for it until <laughs> yeah. we will not, to the end of the year. I promise we will not take a year. <laughs> That's all I can promise. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no, it won't be a year away. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, the support we've gotten from people and the as much love as we get from oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what inspired us to do season two, really. Massively. It was me and you talking again, been like, remember when as Ricky O got like a thousand views and stuff like that? Like... A thousand? It's on way more than that at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, it's quite a few more <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> but like, hearing people I don't bloody know being aware of the podcast, you know, we're out there. It's awesome. It's yes. really amazing. I'm sat. I mean, we charted for a bit, for God's sake. I know. I'm literally sat on my floor with a shitty mic, and people are listening to us. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So, thank you all for listening. We'll be back. Um, the first film we are doing for season two, part two, will be uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's El Topo. Uh huh. Um, and then we'll do another mental one, possibly two mental ones. We're we're still <laughs> still gonna work on that, but um. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope this first special went really well and that we can break up the format a bit more. Um, So, everyone, take care and we'll see you later this year. Yes, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Extreme Cinema Podcast with Alexander Sternberg and Dom Loach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing as it really helps us out. The original artwork for the podcast was done by George Arnold. The Extreme Cinema Podcast... Available where all good podcasts are available.